right, season two, episode 10 of the Hot Grits podcast. I'm Travis Tredon, and with me as always is Spencer Maddox. That's right, Trav. We got a big episode today, a really a, a longer interview um, that I think a lot of our like local listeners are really going to be into. Um, we're talking with, or excuse me, you're talking with Gene Jenkins, Clemens. Yeah, Jenkins High School head football coach, Gene right. Clemens. Um, we talk about his, should we say controversial? Yeah, uh, super rare philosophy. He, he'll, in the interview you'll hear, he doesn't like that I call it a no-punting philosophy, but that's what it is. He yeah. calls it a four-down offense. He likes to keep things positive, apparently. So Clemens is one of these coaches that uh, ref- basically refuses to punt. They don't. They yeah. will not be kicking extra points, probably. I mean, I tried right. to get that out of him. I, I couldn't exactly tell if that was if he was committed to that. Uh, they kicked only squib kicks and onside kicks right. in their first game of the year. So we wanted we'll, to have him on and talk to and him. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk about our opinion on that a little bit later on, like right before the interview goes, I think. Correct. Um, but before that, we're going to be talking Braves, Falcons, UGA, our, uh, our normal lineup. And I think we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show today. Yeah, because um, the interview does go a little long, but I think yeah. you guys will find it interesting. Um, we I are, will say this. We are live or, – or excuse me. We're watching the Braves again. What is it? Bottom of the fifth? Yeah, so it's the fifth inning. Braves are up now seven to nothing in Houston in game three over the fish of Miami. And looks like – I'm not going to wood. Uh, looks like the Braves are going to advance to the NLCS and likely take on the Dodgers. I, I mean, how – like – Sick are we that I'm still not confident. That oh, this, this thing actually. ain't over. Seven nothing in the fifth. That thing ain't over at all, dude. No like, way, dude. And look, if they don't win Game Three against the Fish right now, being up three or being up seven to nothing, then we are editing the fuck out of this podcast yeah. for sure. Uh, other than the Gene Clemens interview at the back, Braves. We'll talk in just a second. Uh, Falcons. Danny Quinn still has a job. Shout yeah. out to Danny Q for. Pulling that off somehow. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs and Stetson Bennett, the god. Um, we'll talk about them. Georgia beat up on Auburn, which was pretty pleasant to see if you're a Georgia fan. Um, and they will have Tennessee coming up. They are 12 and a half point favorites right now over the orange team from Knoxville. Um, but before we start, I wanted to thank our lead sponsor and title sponsor, Coach's Corner. Uh, yes. We were out there on Wednesday night with the Rubbin' and Grubbin' guys, the NASCAR podcast, and with Carl DeMossi and Chad Griffin. Uh, both of those shows did some spots for their shows and had a good time. Yeah. I did. Looked that <laughs> up a bit. That was so much fun. Dude. Yeah, those guys were right. We both shared it on our Facebook. It and was like a party atmosphere almost. <laughs> yeah. Not guys, at all what we're used to. <laughs> no, we don't like any like background noise. Uh-uh. And, they, and these guys have like horns blowing. They're on... They're actually on top of a teepee. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean literally on top of a teepee. Um, don't forget, Coach's Corner does now have Different world. breakfast Monday through Friday for Coach's Corner, 6.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. Don't quote me on that. could be 10 a.m. Once again, Travis is not an omelet guy. He's a sweets guy. Texas <laughs> toast. Or, you know, cinnamon toast, whatever French toast. French toast. There we go. Yeah. Well, my last name is French. Did you see game two? Did you watch, did you watch all of game two? Game two of... The Braves. The Braves, yeah, yeah. yeah oh my god! Here's my question for you: If the Braves, assuming they sweep here, if they beat the Dodgers, where do you rank the signings of Darno and Azuna? Travis Dargo, you just pronounced his name right. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. Travis Dargo has been red hot, dude. In the playoffs, four hundred with a one point three three eight OPS. 
A one point three three eight OPS, dude. That's that is newts. Um, Braves going into this series, Fangraphs seventy two percent chance of winning the series. Braves, ESPN seventy four percent, and in our on our little document for the podcast that we like keep running the whole week, I just put parentheses fuck. <laughs> Because that's, that's not good. That's <laughs> not good. Like, you don't want the Braves to be, like, historical heavily, 74% Heavily favored. <laughs> no. And they haven't won a playoff series in so long. Since 2001, they haven't won a series, and they're now, like, historical favorites. And they're, are they going to sweep and go 5-0? and oh? I'll say this. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> I do, because guess what? The Braves, if they win this game three today, they will move to 5-0 and oh all time. Under Brian Snicker, in the playoffs, without Mike without fulton Mike. on the roster. The Braves have never lost a playoff game when Mike fulton is not on the roster. We were at the forefront of this, dude. So, do what you want with that. Um, the Braves haven't won a playoff series since 2001. Playoffs? You know what hasn't happened since 1999? The Falcons starting 0-4, and that's exactly oh, what Danny Quinn's birds have done. Bro. Other things that happened in... Still has a job. Yeah. I mean, I give him credit. I've said this over and over again. I give Dan Quinn credit. Before we move on from the Braves, I need to hit uh, Savannah Baseball Performance Academy. I need to thank those guys. SBPA, Ross Howard, and uh, Savannah Baseball Performance Academy. uh, Elite training for baseball uh, players aged uh, 6 to 18, probably. Somewhere in there. Uh, All different talent ranges, and they have full-length batting cages, full-length pitching mounds, all that kind of stuff. So hit up Ross Howard and S. Savannah Baseball Performance Academy at 912-484-5282. And look them up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Uh, All right. Falcons 0-4 for the first time since 99. Can I read you a couple things that happened in 1999? Yes. I'd love to hear that. Okay. Uh, (laughs) This is so good. Uh, Other things that happened in 1999 when the Falcons were last 0-4, Napster was invented. The music software Napster, SpongeBob SquarePants, would premiere later that year on Nickelodeon. That was a good year. Uh, Bill Clinton also was acquitted by Congress that year for following the Monica Lewinsky scandal. He did not have sexual Sexual. relations with that woman. Um, So those are three things that happened in 1999. Also, Danny Reeves' Falcons were 0-4. Also a Dan. I don't know if that's... Did Did he get fired that year? Uh, it was the year after they went to the Super. They went to yeah. the Super Bowl in '98. Yeah. So I don't think no. Dan Quinn got fired. When did year. when did uh, Dan Reeves was there through the 2000? I mean, yeah, he was there. He was there for a while. So his name got, is uh, also Dan. Though. We got Jim Moore right after together. that, right? That sounds right. Yeah, Jim Moore Jr. That sounds right. Remember yeah. when you guys had Bobby Petrino? That's your that? that was cool. That's okay. My Dolphins had uh, Nick Saban. What else happened in '99? Those Y2K? Are the, those are the three things I had. I know Y2K uh, Friends was in like season four. Mm-hmm. They still had like six more seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, which is which is just, Most of our listeners were yet to be born as well. Wow. That's what you've done to us, Dan Quinn. Since we mentioned Billy Clinton, can I mention a couple other political people? Yeah. Uh, Hillary Clinton has started a podcast. <laughs> are you going to listen? No. <laughs> of course you, not. What a you? terrible idea for her. Do you know what it's called? It's called You and Me Both. It's actually probably a really good idea for her, but what a terrible idea for, you know. How much money would someone have to pay you to listen to a 36 um, uninterrupted minutes of Hillary Clinton talking? Um, On any subject you, you could, I mean, think of. Just 36 consecutive. Probably a lot more than I currently get paid 
to do my actual job. For sure. Yeah, like, that sounds terrible to me. I wouldn't wish that on my wish. Mm-hmm. So, but Hillary, if you're listening to this, hit us up. You're new to the podcast world. Uh, yeah. We're not 30 episodes deep, so... You know, if you need any advice... Kind of OGs. On, uh, like, how to manage your email account or, uh, you know... Or if you have any advice for us on um, how we can... Well, no, I guess we don't need Hillary Clinton for anything. No, we don't. Yeah, we're yeah we got it all figured out. Uh, also, more political people. Donald Trump tested positive. Joe Biden tested negative. Are we a political podcast now? Yes, we yeah, this is an update. News, news updates. <laughs> Here's our news updates. Donald Trump tested positive for a virus. Joe Biden did not. You, you already knew that. Though. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You already had that. And yeah. moving on. Uh... Are you have you been watching the NBA Finals? Do you give a shit about the NBA Finals? Uh, man, no, fucking hate LeBron. I hate him so much. He's gonna win another he title. Is, he is. He's, he got a cakewalk to win. Are we gonna do the thing where we don't count it as being real? No, it's real. But he got a cakewalk. Why? This Why is he a cakewalk? He went to the Western Conference. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't have to play the Clippers. He the didn't Cl- have to play the Bucks. Didn't have to play. Didn't have to play the cream of the East. He didn't have to play the Bucks because the Bucks got their ass whooped. They did. They did. Miami. But he didn't have to play top tier talent all along. Miami. Miami is a, a great team. They're a good team. Miami better not fuck up and win tonight and make it like a four two final. Yeah. Like LeBron wins in six because yeah. then, because then it'll be like oh Miami, pretty good team. They they are good. Out. They are a good team and no nobody can take what they did away for. Nobody can take what they did away from them. What in the Eastern Conference is something. It was something. Tyler Hero is a baller, but they are not. They don't have the top tier talent that you, especially in the finals. They've been been injured. They don't have. They haven't had Bam Adebayo is going to shell himself. He missed a full game. The next game he comes back. uh, The last game was a game four. Comes back and is a shell of himself. That Denver team that was an awesome story as well. They, I mean, they have so much, so many ballers on that squad, but they can't go against LeBron. He's been in the league 17 years. Do you think LeBron... I think we now have seen where the NBA Finals slot in the pecking order. Yeah. I mean, clearly taking a backseat to football. Oh, yeah. I would say that, like... Well, it's... Be- if it were a lopsided... Yeah. Do you think it, if it was Lakers-Celtics, regardless of if it was more even? I mean, no, I still think the Lakers no. would win in five. It's, or it's, because, it's because it's not it's not the, the two best teams. It's not... So even the rivalry of no, Lakers wouldn't, wouldn't have done that it. Wouldn't have moved you don't think it would have pushed it? No, I don't either. Especially if they, I mean, if they lost, if they got swept, good lord. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that would have really. But pushed that being said, the only reason we feel that way is because we're not Lakers fans. I mean, Lakers fans are rejoicing right now. I'm sure, and you LeBron know. guys. Yeah. Oh god, it was so obnoxious, man. He's gonna win another title. He right? is, man. But so we're not gonna do the pickup basketball thing. We're we're not taking that stance. No, that this is a no, no 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 no. This is worth it. Yeah, it was worth doing. I wanted my team to win it. I wanted the Raptors to win it. Scottie Pippen, when if he starts commenting on like playoffs and stuff like this, is a guy that sat it's, out a Scottie game. Scottie Pippen is a sit down. He sat out a game in yeah. the finals, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, no no no, not on the finals. Well, in the playoffs. Yeah. Because he didn't feel well. He had oh mig- yeah yeah he yeah, had yeah. migraines. Yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean that I th- I think that actually was in the finals. So. This is not a great time for Scottie Pippen no. to be making. I think every year around the finals, not a great time for Scottie Pippen to be making. Happens. Well, I mean, six and zero. Fair. Um, we didn't even talk about the Falcons jerseys. I'm just running through this dock here. We're we're bouncing around from topic. I'm to not topic. big jersey guy. You're big jersey guy. That's I like the helmets with the matte finish. Yeah. Um, and I did want to say that the Falcons are favored against the Panthers at home on Sunday. Somehow they're <laughs> what two point a favorites. joke, dude. Uh, take. Take Teddy B. 
And and the Panthers for sure. Uh, Give me all that action. The Texans fired Bill O'Brien prior to Danny Quinn getting fired. Do you think that maybe pushes Arthur Blank to finally do what everyone in the world is telling him to do? Who knows what would push Artie Blank to we established as yeah. probably a member of the Jewish yeah. Mafia. Mafia, yeah. Mafia, of course. Yeah. Um, Home Depot Jewish guy. Yeah. Blue-collar billionaire uh, as they come. I don't know what would push him to fire Dan Quinn. If an 0-4 started and getting your brains beat in Listen, over and over again doesn't do it. I, mean, I got to think. Their performance against the Packers was what, shit. You got to think shit. that if they go to 0-5, Dan Quinn is gone. I mean, I know we said this last week, but... <laughs> pressure has been, pressure really has been, nuts. We say that every week. It's been mounting and mounting and mounting. There's no way that this team, with all this weapons, can go zero and five and the head coach still be there. I want, dude. Put put it in contrast. Those uh, before Patrick Mahomes got there, those Kansas City Chief teams with Alex Smith had way less talent on them than this current Falcons team did. Yeah, and it seemed like Andy Reid went five and zero every year. And the Falcons are legitimately stuck in limbo. Every year. What, is, what are they doing? Like, where are they going? Are they going to... Like, what's, what's the end goal here? It's it's definitely not winning a Super Bowl. You gotta, you gotta start trading guys away and firing guys. And clean house. I don't even know that you need to trade anybody away. You gotta get somebody who knows what the hell they're doing on the offensive side of the ball calling the shots. So would you be pissed if they traded Matt Ryan and Julio Jones? And guys no, like that? I wouldn't be pissed. If, if they, they did that, that before Dan Quinn... Fuck yeah, I'd be pissed. Oh, if they, oh, what if they yeah, traded a player like that before firing Dan Quinn? If that happens, they lost me. They yeah. lost. They lost my fandom for real. Um, Speaking of jerseys, though, did you see my Hawks jerseys? No, I the didn't. city jerseys they came out with. No, they got they came. Out. I thought you were a Jersey guy. I'm not Jersey. You're well, I mean, I'm becoming Jersey guy. Yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, I'm not Jersey guy for any other sport than the Hawks. You know, oh, that's okay, that's, okay, that's okay. my that's my one A team. They came out with MLK. It's it's like a it's like a dark gray jersey and it just says MLK on the front. It's pretty dope. That's why I wonder if Trey Young's had time to see them yet with all of his uh, movie trailer appearances. <laughs> what do you think about that? I did not like it. You didn't like it? No. I thought he looked pretty cool. Of course you did. You think Trey Theo is almost? Wait, what's your take on him versus Luca? I think he's sense? just a notch above. <laughs> <laughs> New sponsor alert. I love, seeing, <laughs> I love seeing that just ruffle feathers. I, I don't like that take. New sponsor alert. Braddy Electric in Savannah, Georgia. Braddy Electric uh, serving all of your electric needs. 912-232-3240 or 1104 East 35th Street for your commercial or residential electric needs. Uh, Georgia and Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett my, is Tom Brady. Yeah, dude, I'm going to war behind this guy. I would follow Stetson Bennett into the depths of the yeah. sea. How old is he, 26? Y- yeah. This, guy's been, this yeah. guy's been around forever. Uh, Redshirt, redshirt senior. Yeah, this is a great story, dude. He's our Rudy. And he's from South Georgia, and dude, he begins his career. Um, I don't know if it was last year or, or his first stint with Georgia, because he went to Georgia, Yeah. left to go to Juco, then yeah. came back to Georgia, and is now on scholarship, originally a walk-on. Uh, he wore, like, number 20 like 22 yeah at quarterback or something like that <laughs> whoa like that's a deep deep walk on if you're wearing 22 at quarterback um do you think that have you seen florida play you're not really a big college football guy i mean i'm a college football guy and i've I watched a little bit of the florida game but dude for me in the east in the sec east it's georgia and florida yeah and everyone else. i mean we'll see if tennessee's real this will be their shot 
But after what Georgia did to Auburn, I wasn't sold on anything Georgia after Arkansas. After what they did to Auburn, I'm sold now. Yeah, but that, this, That's where Georgia will get you. That's where they'll come out this week and win by three over Tennessee. Do you, think, do you think, I mean, what chance do you give them against an Alabama team? Georgia? Yeah. All right, we'll, I mean, that's the great we'll thing out. about it. We'll get, we're going to find out Yeah. soon enough. I mean, when Georgia takes on Alabama, that'll be, I think all eyeballs in the country will be on that one. But all they have to do, like, you don't have to win that game. Yeah. They got to show up. You got to win in Jacksonville. Yeah. You beat Florida, you're going to the SEC title game. Yeah. I would say. So, so you get two shots at it. Um, Georgia Southern escaped 35-30 last week over ULM as 19.5 point favorites. Travis bet Georgia Southern like a dumbass. Uh, he did not you, cover. You keep, you keep running this Georgia Southern line. Man. I, I know, but it's because I'm being told, like... You got insider information? You, you put, I don't know. Like Jimmy the Greek? You I don't know. <laughs> I can't believe I did it. They were 19.5 point favorites, and they won by five. Let's not sleep on the fact that I just gave Jimmy the Greek some play on the show. You love Jimmy the Greek. I, I do. I, I totally well, I mean, whoa, I don't whoa, know whoa, if that's whoa, 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 still... Yeah, it's not that I love him. Okay, hold on. It's not that you agree with everything. No, yeah, seen. yeah, yeah. Jimmy but the Greek said some questionable things. He said some very questionable yeah, things. Especially sus. at the end. Sus. I mean, you got old, and you know, you, you got a little... <laughs> what is sus? Is that suspect? Suspect, yeah. And you say sus? Sus. Okay, I like that. I'm here yeah. for that. Sus. Jeez, that slang's been around for like five years now. Really? Yeah, you're getting old. I know, man. I'm 29. We're getting old. This is a no, podcast. I'm 28, this is a, dude. This I'm is young. a 30-episode podcast. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just hitting my fucking stride, dude. What's weird about Georgia life. Southern is that they are... Uh, so they played last Saturday at ULM, mm-hmm. their second consecutive game in the state of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they were supposed to be on by this week and then host Appalachian State on ESPN Wednesday night, a week from yesterday as we record this on Thursday, October 8th. That game, game has been canceled or postponed to December 12th in Statesville. So now Georgia Southern they will give, have They gave a reason, right? It's COVID, COVID, COVID. For App, okay. in App State. Yeah, and I okay. think... Because Georgia Southern, as we know, has been keen on not giving reasons why players can't play. <laughs> yeah, they're not exactly forthright. They've also okay. been keen on beating App State mm-hmm. regularly over the last two years and beating them pretty handily both times. Yeah. Uh, both times App which State is, was Which ranked. is their Florida, right? Like, that's their oh, game. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And I think Georgia State, Georgia Southern is is like Georgia, Georgia Tech. And, yeah. And that Georgia Southern will be, be the more shit often than more. not. Yeah. But, like... But App State so, shows but losing up. to Georgia State, I really think, for Georgia Southern fans, is far worse than losing to App State because App State is like is like Florida. They're a really like, good you, team. You can rationalize yeah. that they're, I mean, a good program from year to year. Georgia State, you don't want to lose that, and it's really similar to Georgia. Georgia Tech, they don't. Yeah. Georgia does not. Georgia want Tech to lose spoiler to Georgia nine Tech. times out of ten. Um, all right, what else are we going to get to here? Do you want to start talking about the Gene Clemens? Interview? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to hear your take on the Gene Clemens. Did he change your mind? No. no, no, not at all. I mean, he didn't change my mind either. Uh, he seems like a really good dude. When when I first started hearing the interview, I like I was starting to get not mad, but I was like, "What's this guy's deal?" I mean, coming, he kind of came at you with the. Uh, He's passionate now. Like we get he into is. it. He is. He kind of came at you whenever you said pushback, just to give you some pushback, coach. He was like, "Well, what are your credentials?" Uh, that's not fair. <laughs> he did ask me what my credentials were. That's not fair. Uh, I thought he was going to ask me questions. Yeah. So well, I was like, yeah, shoot. It was, to be fair, it's not like a traditional interview where it's like, a you know, a press release after a game or something. Right. It's not like that. It's a podcast. 
So he came out firing, and I give him I give him props for showing up because not a lot of people will do that. Hella props to Gene Clemens, head football coach at Jenkins, for coming on our podcast because you don't have to explain yeah. shit to us. Yeah, and I don't want to thrash no, the guy we, because like, we want more people to come on the show and do that. But well, I mean, we just disagree with him. That's, yeah, that's I will all. say, I will say, that's all. It's not a big deal. I will say. It doesn't make any sense to not punt on fourth and twenty. So there are several situations that you guys will hear in this interview. Yeah, where where I I try to stress the point that coach, you have to see how rare this is that your strategy of not punting it, it is extremely rare and yeah. hard to even compare to other strategies. And then he goes back and, and prefers to call it a four down offense because it's negative if I say no punting. Yeah. So I grant him that. Let's call it the four down offense. Do you see how rare that is? Yeah. His, um, my thing is to his, be clear, Jenkins top ten team in the state coming into the season. They lost week one. Yikes! Game one to a team they haven't lost to in fifteen years. Well, a team they haven't lost to in seven years. Seven years. I, excuse they, me. Excuse they, me. They, Jenkins will play Beach tonight as we record this Thursday night. Um, yeah, Allen's hasn't been around for fifteen. Yeah, they've never they, lost. They to haven't Allens. lost to Beach. Yeah, they've never lost Allen's. They haven't lost okay. to Beach in fifteen years. That's right. Oh four, oh five. So if I they believe. lose to Beach, that's not good. That's not good. Yeah, hot, hot seat. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about hot seat. I mean, I know Jenkins has had, and we wish we wish Gene nothing issue. but the best. Obviously, we wish uh, oh, for Jenkins, sure. Like, we wish Jenkins nothing but the best. This guy is good with me forever now. Yeah, you, if you come on the podcast and you explain anything, if you come on the podcast, period, you're good with me. Yeah, because you gave us a chance, and, you, and I will say this: he, took the chance he, that we gave you, you know? whenever he said. Whenever he said, "I've got stats, I've got analytics to back this up," I was hoping he would tell me about him. Yeah, he didn't. And honestly, like I can see where it makes sense to not punt on fourth and six, almost anywhere on the field except maybe in your own twenty. I can see where it makes sense not to punt. You know, maybe fourth and thirteen near the fifty. That makes sense. Yeah. But fourth and twenty-two. What was it? Fourth and twenty-two or fourth and twenty-six? Fourth and twenty-six from his own twenty-two. There are no analytics to back that mm-hmm. up. And his his reasoning was we don't have. A long, we, we might not have a long snapper every year. We might not have a punter every With year. It, you could allow that's a just, punt return touchdown. That's simply lazy in my mind. That yeah. means that and he they didn't, do. I mean, the, the same guy that punted they for have, them last year is on the team. This they year, have so. they have somebody that can punt the ball, and they have somebody that can snap the ball. They just didn't work on it, and they just he just wanted to get rid of it and not deal with it. That's my my take on that. But, so Gene Clemens interview coming right up. Um, anything else, Spencer? That's good for me, man. All it's right. a little bit of a shorter show today, but we got a long interview for you guys, and I think it'll be entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah, and we'll be back next week, of course, for episode 31. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast Grits, um, on Instagram at The Hot Grits, and me on Twitter at Jadon Sports, J-A-U-D-O-N Sports. Follow me on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't forget that gap dang underscore. That underscore is something important. Yeah. Um, grinding right. on Twitter, dude. We're grinding. Until next time, here's the Gene Clemens interview coming up for you guys. And be safe and wash your hands, you filthy animals. Savannah's favorite sports podcast is now teaming up with Savannah's favorite sports bar. That's right, Trav. We're teaming up with Coach's Corner on Victory Drive, and we could not be more excited to be part of their network. The Hogwarts podcast is now a part of Coach's Corner Sports Network, so check out Coach's Corner today. They're now serving breakfast Monday through Friday, 6 to 10.30 a.m. Check them out, 3016 East Victory Drive or 912-352-2933.
All right, we got Gene Clemens with us now, the head coach for Jenkins High School football. Um, a lot of interesting things to talk to Coach Clemens about, uh, name, namely uh, a decision last week and, and maybe a philosophy overall with not punting something that I'm fascinated with, something that um, people that listen to this podcast will know that my co-host Spencer has no idea about it and can't really grasp it. But just me tonight with Coach Clemens. So, Coach, thank you for taking the time. Not a problem. Great to have you. Great to be here. Excuse me. All right, Coach, yeah, first, so I wanted to kind of introduce you for our listeners um, of the show. We don't do a lot of high school sports um, just because I, I think most of the people listening um, are either, you know, past that age or, or not kind of not paying attention to local high school sports, but I do. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you because I know you're an interesting guy with, with uh, a football team that a lot of people care about here in Savannah. So um, 40 years old, Coach, been coaching for 16 years now. Um, former assistant at Tucker High, former offensive coordinator at Lakeside High, um, and now in your first year coaching Jenkins, I guess I would ask you first off, since we're a Savannah podcast, how do you like Savannah as a city, and, and have you got, gotten used to it yet, and are there some things you like about it and don't like about it? Well, I mean, obviously it's difficult. I, I moved here during a pandemic. Um, right. So it made it a little bit more difficult to really ingratiate myself to the city like I would normally do. But I would tell you, I love, I love the way Savannah and the surrounding areas of Savannah are set up. It's very similar. I'm a Tampa boy, Tampa, Florida. Yeah. Um, I wasn't born there, but that's where I was raised. That's where I consider to be home. That's where most of my family is. And so it reminds me of a smaller Tampa. And, and so the way it's set up, the kind of, kind of vibe the feel um it has a lot of tampa to it so i like it a lot um i'll be i'll be really happy when you know we if we can get by everything and really kick this um covid thing in the in, in the jejunas and yeah. and really open back up the way that i've heard about savannah being opened up so i can really experience it the way that i'm sure all of you have experienced it in the past damn that's true though because i didn't even think about that anyone that's moved here in the last I mean, for any reason, anyone that's moved here since March, basically, or since February, you know, hasn't really experienced Savannah uh, at all. I mean, at all compared to what, you know, what it was obviously before the pandemic. That's that's a good point. I've been to Tampa and Clearwater and vacation there before, and I love it down there. I, I like that comparison. Um, all right, Coach, let's get into some football. Um, last week in, in your first game coaching Jenkins, there were – several times, notably in the first quarter when you guys chose not to punt. And I was doing the broadcast on WSAVCW with Greg Talbot, and it caught me off guard, certainly. I think it caught a lot of other people off guard, um, especially there's a time in the first quarter, um, fourth and long, 26 from your own 22, and you guys chose to go for it. You didn't punt the whole game. I guess I would ask immediately, is that like kind of, a philosophy or a style or strategy that you've bought into. I know there's people and coaches around the country that are beginning to start doing that sort of thing. Is that kind of your philosophy and, and how did that come about as so? Um, well, uh, thanks. And um, obviously, you know, because I, I've, I've mentioned it to um, Dennis Knight, one of the good reporters in Savannah, um, that we would not be punting this year. So yeah. you're aware that that's, that's kind of going to be our that's going to be our philosophy. Um, as far as where it came from, it really it really just comes down to 
um, basics. In high school football, you don't you don't always have um, kickers. You don't always have long snappers. You don't always have those types of specialists um, at the at the level that you would want to have them in order to facilitate um, a a punt or a, a kick in the same manner that you would every single year. So let's just say I've got the best kicker, the best kicker in the nation this year. Okay. Um, he's really, really good. And then next year I don't have a kicker. So is my philosophy that I'm going to be a kicking team or do I have to change that philosophy every single year based off of the players? Well, what's more likely to happen? I'm more likely not to have a kicker that is, um, I'm sorry, a punter that is someone that's a really good punter. I'm most likely not to have a long snapper that is someone that can consistently long snap the ball 15 to 16 yards on a rope, especially in a place like Savannah where you do get a lot of numbers, but you don't necessarily get the same type of numbers that they're getting up in, let's right. say, in the, the Atlanta area or in some of these places where there's one high school for the entire county or maybe two high schools for the entire county. So the philosophy is just born out of, do I want to take a fourth down, take a chance with an operation going bad, we end up we end up in a, in a worse situation, or do I want to set my team up to understand we're a four-down team and then we're going to play football like a four-down team? I, I Do I want to let my defense understand there's going to be sometimes they're put they're put in the bad situations the same way that if I turned the ball over or if uh, there was a block punt or if there was a muff punt or if there was a bad snap, they would be put into a bad situation. So nothing really changes if you think about it. The only thing that the only thing that's gained is the hopeful thirty yards that you would get from a punter in high school who is either okay and or not that good, and that's if all of the operation goes correctly and if that kicker slash punter is able to really put a boot into it. Yeah. Okay, so so to be clear, though, is this something that you, like, you've thought about since you've been here, or is this something that you wanted to institute? So I know a lot of assistants, there's a lot of things they would do differently than the guy they're coaching under. Is this something that you wanted to maybe try and implement if given a shot to be well, a head coach is, again? Well, this isn't my first head coaching gig, so. Yeah, just, I mean, they say This ain't my first rodeo. Um, yeah. I've, I've been around football. Um, I've coached football for 16 years, but I've been around football my entire life. I've seen more bad punting than I've seen good punting. <laughs> the, last, the next time I got the opportunity um, to run the ship, if you will, mm -hmm. we were going to be a four-down team. Um, I believe in being an 11-on-11 11 11 team. That's the philosophy that some pick up on and some don't pick up on. Regardless of whatever the philosophy is, you know, as well as I do, it can't be waffled. So if you make a commitment to something, you got to make a commitment whole, fully, and then you got to let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. The, reason that, the reason that it's an issue with you or your brother or anybody else that's been talking in, in Savannah this week is because we lost, and we've never lost the um, islands before. 
So when you lose a game and you lose a game to a team that you've never lost to before, a lot of people are going to feel a way about it, and I understand it. And it, Coach, you would agree that it's pretty abnormal okay. not to punt in those – I mean, you would agree it's pretty abnormal not to punt in situations like that. Um, absolutely, I would agree that it's pretty abnormal not to punt because everybody does the normal – we've been conditioned Same to – yeah. We've been conditioned to think a certain way every single – like our entire lives. But if I was to tell you, if that same scenario came up and we were in fourth and 25 on the 24-yard line, line or whatever it was, 22-yard, 23, who cares? At the end of the day, if we're in fourth and long and we're backed up in our territory and we punt, and we punt, right, mm-hmm. and the ball is muffed or the snap is bad or it's kicked and it turns into a – an instant touchdown or an instant um, turnover on, like, the two-yard line or three-yard line, how have we gained anything? Yeah, there's all, well, you always run the risk of a return and stuff like that or a punt. Uh, let me ask you this, Coach. And the reason why – I mean, I think anyone listening to this knows – the reason why we're talking about this is because it's so rare and because, I, I mean, frankly, I'm fascinated by it because I can be convinced – Either way, I mean, the numbers suggest, and people that want to look into it can, um, you know, there is a lot of research and numbers done on this topic, and that's why we're talking about it. So, um, Coach, does it take, I want to ask you this, does it take a lot for you to convince someone like a player um, or guys on your team, or even when you're interviewing for the Jenkins job, does stuff like this come up? Do you have to kind of, tell them up front, this is what I believe in, and this is how we're going to do it. Um, and is that tough to kind of sell sometimes? Um, no, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's tough to sell. First off, I also I believe that when you um, interview for a job, you interview for the job because you're the expert in that field. Right. Many times the people that are interviewing you are not the expert in the field that they're hiring you for. They're the experts in their fields, whether that be administration, whether it be the band, you know, whomever might be in to to interview you. They can go off of who you are as a person, how you carry yourself, and whether or not they believe that you're going to do what's in the best interest of the team. So for me, it just comes down to I'm going to do the job that I was hired to do, which is to be the head football coach at Jenkins High School. Um, and, and I'm going to do it the way that I feel is, in the best interest of this team, and if the, the the chips will fall where they may, either I'm going to be successful, I'm not going to be successful. But I don't think that um that will be decided off of one game, um first game of the year in a pandemic, um with a rival team where both teams were sloppy, and one team was just able to make some more plays than the other one was. Yeah. Yeah, and to be clear, I mean, anyone that watched the, the Jenkins-Islands game, the final score was 26-8. It was a lot closer than that. I mean, it was, it was what, 0-0 after one quarter and a one-possession game at halftime. Um, Coach, so t- did, did you have this conversation about this philosophy with your coaching staff before the season, going into this season? And if so, what did they have to say about it? Well, I would, I would tell you this. Because I know, and, and, and again, because 
this is a podcast, so we're going to try to be as honest and upright as possible. Yes, always, always. I was, I was straight up with, with anybody that was associated with our team, what, what we were doing as far as people who were actually going to be involved on game day. So coaches know, players knew. They knew what the dilly was before we ever even stepped foot on a field. From the first time I had a conversation with our team, I told them we would be a four-down a four down team, a four down offense. I told them we were going to be an aggressive defense that, that, that forced turnovers and, and, and ran all over the field. I believe we're halfway there. Um, I, I think that for as much as, as, much as um, things happen, when it, when it comes time to convince players and coaches, because you asked about is it hard to convince players and, and, and coaches of that philosophy, I think yeah. it's easy. It's really easy to tell them that. It's hard when you actually are put into the position for people to rationalize and go, oh, he was serious. Yeah. And so, unfortunately for us, unfortunately for us, that realization that we're going for it on fourth down came in negative, in negative spaces. Yeah, that's a good point. So it could have been fourth and one from the fifty, the first. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we, we, we converted some some fourth down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, to be fair, y'all did. I, I'm just saying, like the first time that it came up, that's a good point. Like, I would, it could have just as easily been a normal fourth down from, you know, the fifty, and then no one would have even thought about it. That you like, like for instance, I, I'll give you an, an example. We had a we had a touchdown that was called back for a phantom, um, a phantom like illegal cut block. A lot of phantom calls in that game. A phantom <laughs> illegal cut block got got a touchdown pass called back. Called back. Now, that like to me, I was bummed about it because that was one of my sophomores. He was young. It was his first game starting. He had an opportunity to do something big, and it was taken away from him. Um, and it was taken away from him for something that wasn't real. Well, now instead of a touchdown, it's we're back to we're, we're back to um, you know second and long or third and long, and now it becomes okay. Well, we're in we're in field goal territory. What do we do? Do we do we kick or do we you know go for it because we're a four down team? So like. When you start to ask those questions, a lot of times in the past, those things may have just been um, automatic. Oh, well, we're going to kick it. Well, guess what? The new automatic is we're going we're going for it on fourth. Yeah. So, you, so it should what should happen over time because I really think we're going to be a different team in a week, two, three, four weeks from now than we are right now. Is the third down urgency goes away? And they relax on third down. And so now instead of feeling like, oh, my God, I've got to pick this up on third down and maybe doing something that is outside of themselves, they just relax and play football. And now we end up, if we do end up in a fourth down, we end up in a fourth and short or a fourth and manageable. And now we don't feel a type of way about fourth down. But because it was a, it was a high leverage game, it, it, it's a really, like, scheduling didn't do us any favors, putting our – our biggest region um, opponent outside of BC, which we don't play this year, um, as our first game of the year, you know, it comes yeah. that comes with a little bit of expectation, and it comes with a little bit of hype, 
And I think that's why we've seen the backlash. I really don't think it's as big as, oh, my God, I can't believe he didn't go for it. I mean, he didn't kick it on fourth down. Like, I, I'm going to give people more credit than that. I think well, people were just upset because we lost. And that was the way for them to, to voice their displeasure. Because anybody watching that game can see that we didn't lose that game because we went forward on fourth down. <laughs> we had yeah. about 200 yards of penalties. That's probably why we lost that game, if, yeah. you're, if we're being honest about it. So we have to be better as, as a coaching staff on making sure that we're able to coach our kids to cut down on these penalties and make sure our execution is better. And I think we do that. We're going to have success. Um, and when we're in those positions, again, it won't be a fourth and 25. Um, it'll probably be like a fourth and three or a fourth and five. And it'll, it'll be a lot more manageable and we'll see a lot more of it done. I think we'll have more success. Coach, along with the no punting thing, is, is, is that tied into not – kicking deep on kickoff, like doing squid kicks on kickoffs and, and going for two-point conversions um, after every score? I mean, you got – I know you only well, had one opportunity for an extra point, but – Yeah, we only had one – we had an opportunity at an extra point. And, and – I'm saying, is that going to also be in the – Quite strategy? well, like our we, – we, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty good with, with short yardage anything. The problem was is we didn't get a lot of opportunities for short yardages because – we, we kept shooting ourselves in the foot. But I feel very confident if we have three yards or two yards to pick up, we're going to pick that three to two yards up. So why not go forward on two and put the pressure back on the other, other team? That, that, that gets back into your analytics. And, and there's been research out the wazoo. I won't bore people on with it about, about the two-point two conversions. But if you really just think about it in a basic sense, if – if you're kicking field goals and I'm going for two, I just need to convert half of mine to tie yours. You have to convert all of yours, and the moment you don't convert yours, I'm on top of you, and now you're playing catch-up. Now it becomes a numbers game. Again, these are, this is one of the things that I said the next time I had an opportunity to um, run the show. I really wanted to um, exploit and take advantage of the analytics of the game. Okay, so that, I mean, so it is kind of in the same realm, though. Like, it's something that you, like you yourself, have looked into and bought into, and now you're implementing it, right? I mean, I mean, I wanted to be clear that it wasn't just like you, you thought you needed to go for two in that situation. Like, is it going to be like the no punting thing, where you're not going to kick extra points? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what we that's what we do. Okay, yeah, well, I just wanted to make sure on that because, you know, I, like I said, I don't know that most people listening to this will have seen the Jenkins Islands high school game, but, um, you know, I think that general philosophy of, of being aggressive and going for two and not punting and stuff like that is fascinating to me, and it's definitely, uh, you know, super rare. Um, Coach, just a few more for you. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I would just go back to the same thing I said about punting. You're not guaranteed to have a great kicker or a great long snapper or even a great holder every year. But yeah, it's not 100% yet. If you have a if you have an offensive philosophy and you're you're confident in the people that you're um that you're putting out there and, and the job that they can do, you can you can create a philosophy and you can create a, 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 a you can create an environment where 
that is just what we do, and we know the urgency of getting that work done. But, Coach, just to push back a little bit, there are – so I, I'm with you on the analytics of – I'm sorry, two, you said just to push back. I need to know some credentials if you're going to push back. Okay, go ahead, shoot. That's fair. No, I'm asking you, like, what's – like, because I have, I have research and data. Like, are you pushing back with some research and data, or are you just pushing back with opinions? Well, I'm pushing back with a question, and then I'll, I guess I'll just give the floor to you and let you answer. You said pushback. Pushback's not normally a question. It's, it's usually a, a retort. So I'm, I'm just wondering. Go ahead. So if, you, if you're going for a two-point conversion after a score, and let's say you get a false start. Yep. Uh, so now you're five yards further back. Is that – I mean, wouldn't that be a time to kick an extra point? Or, if, or for instance – if it is an extreme fourth down situation backed up, isn't that a time just to say we are going to be a four down team, but for this one time, probably best to punt it. I mean, that's the only thing I would say, because I get the analytics. Well, what's the, what's the probably best? See, that's the, that's the whole point is, is everything you're saying is unknown and everything I'm saying is known. Well, certainly going forward on fourth and long is an unknown coach. I mean, no, no, it's not unknown. We know exactly. We know exactly the outcomes. We're either going to pick it up, or we're going to we're going to turn the ball over at that one particular spot. Well, you're, when you're punting, though, you would change the field, or you would. If you, it would if be a positive you, outcome or a negative outcome. You would change the field. How? You've seen you've seen um your positive your positive and negative outcomes from fourth downs on punts can end up in another team's touchdown. Most times, if you could cover all, the punt and not allow a touchdown, what's that? But or you could cover the punt and not allow a touchdown. Yeah, you could. Or yeah, you saying, aren't there times where like punting and PATs would be necessary, even if they were rare times? If you're if you believe in that philosophy, then absolutely fair. But um, if you don't have a philosophy, I would never tell you. Okay, there's sometimes you you know you should go against what you believe in. If you believe in it and, that, and that's what you want to go with and, and you have prepared yourself in the manner to make sure that, that that's what's done, then you have, to, you have to stick to your convictions. And then I would say if you, are, if you are gifted something that says we really need to think about changing this up, you need to change it. Benedictine is a, Benedictine is a historically um, great running football team. They have a guy who can fling the ball all around. It'd be foolish for them to go out there and run wing T all day with a guy who can fling the ball all over the place. But their their big philosophy on what they do, if they line up and do what they normally do, they've, they've shown over years and years and years they're going to have success. There's so many people out there can't stand the wing T. Yeah, and I hear you, Coach, but, but, but that's – you would agree that an off, an offensive scheme is a little different than I mean what you're suggesting is more extreme. You would agree with that, right? No, I think an offensive scheme, or you're saying an offensive scheme. I'm saying an offensive philosophy. If the philosophy is, hey, we run the ball, when you get outside of that philosophy, you normally don't have success. Like, yeah. instance, I'll give you, I'll give you a quick one. Islands was not; they were not planning on punting. I don't know if you noticed that or not. They yeah, went they, and they didn't well. try to punt, but it, it didn't work well. They didn't even try to punt; they tried to quick kick, mm-hmm. which is even more moving part. And the result for them 
was a result that probably would have happened for us because we're not a punting team. So I think you just have to stick to whatever it is you find to be, um, you know, what your philosophy is going to be. I will say this about squib kicking. Um, the first game of the year is always a great time to squib kick. That's not a philosophy thing. That's just okay. strategy. First okay. game of the year is always a great time to squib kick because people aren't prepared for it. Most people don't practice their special teams well enough for the beginning of the year because it just kind of pops up on them. Everybody's worried about executing offense and defense. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, my God, we need to spend more time on kickoff return. Well, that's a great place to try to catch people off guard. And if you remember, we actually got a turnover off of one of those kicks. So that was, success- that was a successful strategy for that game. Not necessarily something that will happen every game. Coach, what about your defense? Do they, I mean, it's got to take a little more convincing for the defensive side of the football, both coaches and players, to convince them that, you know, more times than not they would have to defend a shorter field than if you guys were, say, a three-down offense. No, because you just, you just qualified it by saying more times than not, and that's not actually accurate. Well, last week it was. Well, last week it was, but we've already established that last week wasn't a very good game. So – I mean, if, we, if, if we're going to have those types of games every week, it's not going to matter about a punt. We're going to lose the game. If we play like that versus anyone else, we're probably going to lose. But I don't expect us to play like that versus anybody else. I expect that to be the worst game that we've had, that we have this year. I expect us to be able to execute better than we executed on, on Friday. And I know that all of our kids feel the same way. They all expect they all expect to execute. We all expect to make calls. It was a it was a team effort, but the philosophy doesn't change. And there is no convincing because you you shouldn't have to convince anyone of anything. As a as an assistant coach, my job is to execute the vision of the head coach. I've been a success I've been an assistant coach at the high school level, at the collegiate level. I've been at big-time programs. I've been at programs that were just starting out. My job is to say, hey, Coach, what do you want done? And then execute that to the best of my ability. Give input where I feel input is needed as it relates to the vision of the coach. And then do whatever other job that I'm asked to as an assistant coach. And if you ask any other assistant coach, your brother included, I'm pretty sure they should say the same thing. I'm looking forward to basketball season. I can just tell you, I'm looking. I'm, I am looking forward to it with with why, why is that, Coach? Well, I'm a basketball guy. Like I, I would tell people, I'm married to football, but um, my first love and probably my mistress is basketball. I know a lot about basketball. I've been a basketball player longer than I've been a football guy. So I'm looking forward to seeing what goes on in basketball and if you know all of the all of the you know, the energy that's been, that's been touted out by some of these basketball coaches is the same energy we put out when it's time for them to be on the hot seat as a coach. So it won't be the same because they're not head coaches, but you get what I'm saying. Coach, I got to – but we, let's, we, let's put it on the table. My younger brother, Michael, was very um, – and he's a Jenkins grad. He was very upset about the no punting thing, uh, so people know what we're referring to here, and he is now an assistant – basketball coach at Johnson High School. Um, but, Coach, 
you know, in basketball, what would be the equivalent in your mind to not punting? Like, what kind of strategy would that be in basketball? I mean, what would be as rare as that? You mean you, you would agree as four down football? You mean? Because I think you the decision I think not you to punt. Not, when you say not punting, it it makes it negative. I like to look at the positive of it. We're a four down <laughs> football team. Okay. You're, you're looking at the negative. Well, you're deciding not to punt. Well. Whoever really wants to punt, nobody really wants to punt. Of course not. Exactly. So that's a negative. We're okay, going, well, let's, going let's call it four-down four offense. What, what's the equivalent to four-down offense in basketball? What, what would be that strategy? You know what I mean? Um, a, a, a three, a three-heavy regimen, analytics-driven, three um threes and layups, no mid-ranges, um, type of type of offense. One that that is predicated on you being able to um, just hit enough three pointers that you change the that you change the the math to where even if other people are hitting two pointers, they can't keep up with. But you're taking away a part a play that of a normal a normal uh, and by normal I mean common strategy of punting. Yeah. You guys have eliminated, so it would be like eliminating the two point shot. So even if you had a tip back or a dunk. You would prefer to take the three. Yeah, absolutely. Like you have a wide okay, open, you. you have a wide open two point shot, and instead you kick it out to somebody for a three, because the analytics say a three is more important. If it's not a wide open layup, you should be shooting three. Okay. So now, okay. So I'll, I'll grant you that. If that happens at Johnson this year, that would be the. If that happens on the basketball court, if some if a team implements that strategy, then I think it would receive the same kind of attention that your strategy received, don't you think? Oh, um, no, because people are already doing that. The, the analytics are more, more readily acceptable in basketball than they are in football because football, is still, at the, football is still at the basis of it, still an old boys network. So all of the traditional – this is the way we do things, and this is how we get things done. That's the stuff that rules the day because nobody wants to be the person to shake the apple cart because there's a chance you may not be successful. And it's a chance that I'm willing to take. Like, I I don't think I, I'm – I admire that, and I admire that conviction to you. I think that's what every great coach has is a conviction in, in what they do, and, and then I guess the whole goal is to try to relay that to your player, and that's why I could never be a coach of anything because I am not – I mean, people that listen to this know I'm convinced of very little, uh, <laughs> and I can be convinced of almost anything if I'm shown the right stats and numbers. Um, well, and, you know, I'm willing to have my mind changed on almost anything. I think the biggest thing is we have to continue to focus on being the best version of Jenkins High School 2020 we can be. Mm-hmm. I, I hate – and, and – to all, of, to all of the Jenkins alum, your brother included, apparently. I did not know he was a Jenkins alum the way he was talking. I thought he was, you know. <laughs> He's passionate now. I, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a thin line. Do you and, like that, though? Do you like being at a place where they where you love no, that? Because, I mean, some, I, I, some, I some places you, down here, people don't care. I, mean, I, told someone, I told someone the other day, I was, I was hoping my brother coached a football game once, and the dude threatened to shoot me if I didn't play it. <laughs> This is nothing. I am not 
I, I am not, nor will I ever be intimidated by people who want to make comments on Twitter. But it's got to be not like there. There are places, Coach, and I don't. You, you don't have to say. It, I'll say it for you. There are places like Groves and places like Johnson where the if the football team wins or loses, nobody gives a rat's ass. Oh. And, and that's not true at Jenkins. But you know somebody I mean? does. Somebody does. That's the that, That's fair, but it's not in as big. It's not in as big of numbers as it's, a place like Jenkins. It's not. It's not as. It's not as. Um. It's not as big as as as. That. I would say this to all of those supporters. To to me, it's really easy to support when it's good. Mm-hmm. It's really easy to. I would challenge those people who have an issue before passing judgment to actually come out and, you know, maybe meet somebody, have a conversation with them. I 100% agree, yeah. Hit their brain. When I have an issue with my favorite team, um, whether that be my alma mater, Gates High School, whether it be a, a Bucks game, a Lakers game, um, a North Carolina basketball game, a Florida State football game. I don't just come out and day one, something happens, boom. You know what, I want to bash. This dude doesn't care. This dude, that's not how I get down. Um, but I appreciate the passion. I really yeah. do. Like, because, like you said, the alternative is for no one to care. And and while some people might think that, that, that rolling around in anonymity is fun, I like the fact that people care. I just would ask people to ask themselves this one thing. Is it more about winning or is it more about, is it more about the development of the kids? Because if it's more about the development of the kids, then I can ride with you. If it's all about winning, then you got, you got the wrong dude. I'm not going to win at all costs. And so for me, what happened on Friday with us going forward on fourth down had nothing to do with the outcome of the game. I can point to many other things that we as a team did wrong. Coaches down to players that cost us the game. And if we don't do those things, there may be a different outcome. But on that day, Islands was way better. They deserved the win. They deserve all the accolades, accolades that, that they are receiving, and I hope they go undefeated. I hope they run Savannah. I hope they run Savannah because we're, every time we go out, we're going to try to win the game, and I'd love to be able to at some point run it back. I think that'll be fun when we're both when we're both playing at optimal at an optimal level because we've now had people in the fire and they know what it's like to play in the game. Like, I, I hope that they keep winning and we keep winning now that we have an opportunity to play into the playoffs um, most likely. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking for an opportunity that if we all keep winning, we can meet back up at some point and really, like, set Savannah on fire. I'm excited for all of you. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, I feel so good for all of these young men to be able to get an opportunity to play. I didn't think it was going to happen. Like, yeah, I, I mean, it's, neither did I, neither did I, and I, I said that on this podcast. I mean, I said that anywhere anyone would listen to me. And I didn't all, think it all, was credit, all credit goes to the kids because they had to, they had to endure so much in order to be able to get to that first day. I would have loved for it to be, but I'm 
but I'm looking forward to our next opportunity. All right, Coach, and just to pivot back to one more thing, and then we'll let you go. appreciate you spending so much time with us. Um, uh, what you said earlier about, about you would encourage people to come out or, or to mix it up with you, I, I just wanted to say that's why I wanted you on here because I, I, I hadn't talked to you yet, and, you know, I thought about that, and I was like, well, you know, shit, that's not – I got to let this man have his say if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to talk about it, then he deserves to have his say. So I, I, you know, and you coming on here, it just, and, you know, it means the world to me that you would do this and, and be willing to do this because I know a lot of coaches, especially at the high school level, that would not, uh, you know, do something like this and would not feel the need, um, or, and not that you feel the need, but would not take their time um, to do something like that. Um, if, you, if you do, Coach, I got one more question for you, and it goes back to kind of, uh, the development of the kids thing. I, I remember reading, and I went back and looked at it, and I pulled a direct quote. When, when Dennis Knight, and we talked about him earlier from Savannah Morning News and savannahnow.com, when Dennis Knight wrote his season preview on you guys, there was a quote in there from you that I want to read, and I really liked it, and I thought it's, it was a quote that I think a lot of people in a lot of different sports need to hear at the high school level, especially around here. Um, I'll read it. Quote, I know it's hard for kids to lose coaches that they have built relationships with and then to have some new guy coming in barking at them. But this prepares them for college where a coach could be there and then gone the next week. The players need to think beyond their relationship with a coach and they need to think about their relationship with football and the goals they have, end quote. I really like that, Coach. If you could kind of maybe further uh, go into what you meant by that, I think too often we get tied into coaches and players connecting instead of the players connecting with their sport or their trade or, or whatever it is that they're trying to do at the next level. Um, yeah, I think here's the, here's the, here's the honest, and I, I'll only speak to myself. I won't speak to any other coach. I am trying to, I am trying to develop productive young men. I, I hope that in developing productive young men, you know, people find a relationship with me that they enjoy. But that is not the goal. The goal is to develop productive young men. And so it has been my experience in my time um, uh, involved with sports that I have appreciated some coaches much more well after I had the opportunity to play for them. Right. I, I have had players come back to me, countless amount of players, over the years. Coach, I remember when you were this. You, coach, remember when you told me that? You, coach, I appreciate you. I get on my son the same way. I get on my players now as a coach the same way. So I understand that the relationship as a high school player with your college coach, I mean with your high school coach, isn't always going to be one of – um, of roses, you especially when you resent having a new coach in the first place. Yeah, players should be selfish to the point of I'm trying to be the best me I can possibly be. That's not a bad thing. If every one of our players was selfish enough to go, I'm going to do everything in my power to be the best me I can be. We're going to have a pretty darn successful team. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And so, and so 
they need to always and I and I encourage in we have what four new coaches in in the area, four, maybe five new coaches. Yeah, at least, yeah, I think maybe five or six. Groves, so, Savannah High, you guys, I was Yes. I would encourage all of those players that any and I, I have love for all of these players because like I said, I'm here for I'm here for the development of young men. That's why you don't hear any BS from me after games about oh well we'll get them next time or oh well we I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm not taking the shine away from another team and what they did because I want those kids to have that moment. I it was awesome to see how how hyped up Island's kids were about the win and how people have been sleeping on them. You know what? They were close to beating Jenkins last year. And so it was like they were coming. It's going to be a nice rivalry over the next few years between Islands and Jenkins where you come out and you may not actually know what the outcome is. That's a great thing for Savannah. And so um, I encourage all of these kids to continue to try to build themselves up, fall in love with the sport, make sure that they do the things necessary to be the best them that they can, they can be, not only on the field, but in the classroom as well. And I think you know, and I'm sure your brother knows because he was around, like there are a lot of people in Savannah not being able to take advantage of their gifts because they didn't take care of the academic portion. And happens, all, happens all the time. I absolutely. Mean, it's, absolutely. It's, I don't know if it happens everywhere, but there are so many, and not even the five stars, or not to go off on a tangent, there are so <laughs> many two and three star talents here on the football field and then on the basketball court. And they could go to high level Division two schools and, and play college athletics on scholarship or, or you know, one AA schools or FCS schools. And, yep. and it doesn't happen because they don't. I mean, a lot of times they don't graduate or they don't have their shit together off the field or off the court. And, I mean, it happens all the time. Down it there. happens all the time. It happens everywhere. And one of the goals of mine is to make sure that if my kids decide that they don't, that they don't want to play or that they don't play college, it won't be because they can't play academically. It'll mm-hmm. be because they just decide, you know what, I had my run. My time was done. My time's done. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time as a warrior. I'll be a warrior forever. But now it's time to move on with whatever else I'm going to do with my life. It won't be because, oh, man, I didn't have a grade. I just barely graduated. I don't ever want a kid under me to say that. And I've been fortunate enough in my times as an assistant coach and as a head coach to keep pushing kids towards higher academics to make sure that they're able to um, reach for whatever dream they put out there, whether that's athletically or just in life, um, being the best person that they can be. All right, Coach. Well, listen, we really appreciate you coming on. I'll give you a chance to let people know how they can follow you on Twitter and you can tell people what Jenkins has coming up. I know we're recording this Tuesday night, uh, October 6th, and you guys will have Beach on Thursday when this episode is released, uh, and then Windsor Forest after that. Um but, yeah, any, any other closing words you want to say or, or let people know how they can follow you? Oh, well, look, I mean, just look for us um, on Thursdays. We've got four straight Thursday games starting today since you'll be hearing this on Thursday. Starting on, on Thursday with Beach, uh, we have four straight Thursday games, so we'll be Thursday Warriors. Um, and, and just really looking forward to continuing to um, ingratiate myself to this beautiful city and um, hopefully – 
getting an opportunity for more people to um, discover who I am as, as a person beyond just um, as a football coach. Awesome, Coach. Well, hey, we re- really appreciate the time. Good luck to you guys on Thursday against the Beach Bulldogs, and good luck the rest of the way, all right? Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Coach.